I was going to carry on from this morning. It was a good morning, just <clears throat> in every way, really. But I just felt in the worship to go a different direction with something just briefly tonight. But before I do that, let me say this, that we've had a, a great word this morning from Annie, who prophesied this morning. Annie's not here tonight. Yeah, right. Anita, this evening, who prophesied. If you can write that, if you can remember any of that, Anita, and just write it down for us. Because... Um, that's one reason we kind of, Anne Williams writes things down, because we want to keep what God is saying. But also, can I just say a word of instruction? This is for Anita, everybody else. I know it's difficult with a microphone, but we can record these things, you know, if, you, if you've got the microphone. We, we've got John set up to record. But if you can write it down for us, that's going to be really helpful. I appreciate that. Uh, it's not nice to have a microphone stuck in your face. I understand that. <laughs> okay. Romans chapter 12, I want to read a few verses here, let's read from verse 1. I'm reading from the New King James Version, if you've got a Bible with you, that's great, if, you've got, if, you, if you're near somebody with a Bible, go and uh, look there, because the message I was going to say is not the message I'm going to say now, so I haven't got it on the screen for you. Romans 12, I, it says, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may, be, may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. <clears throat> Part of our worship is to allow God to change the way we think. Part of our worship is allowing God to change the way we think. And thinking is not an intellectual exercise. Jesus often turned to people and said, why do you think that in your heart? Thinking is to do with the heart. What you think about yourself, what you think about other people, what you think about God, it all stems from the core of who you are, your heart. It stems from who you are. So the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as a person thinks within themselves, so they become. So how you think about you on the inside affects you. How you think about others on the inside affects your view of them. How you think about God on the inside affects your view of God. As a man or a woman thinks within themselves, so they become. Part of renewing the mind, part of Allowing God to transform you, one translation, the New Living Translation says, allow God to transform you by changing the way you think. Amen. We have to allow God to do it. God isn't going to just, you know, turn up with a, a wizard's wand and say, abracadabra, you're thinking differently now. There's got to be a decision to think differently. And I believe the, the start of that is to think differently about you. So to think, first of all, no matter what I've done, no matter what mistakes I've made, God loves me. That's a great place to start thinking, that you are loved, that you are highly favored and deeply loved. That is the story of the gospel, first and foremost, that God so loved the world, God so loved you and me, he didn't condemn us, he sent his son to save us. And whoever believes in him would not perish in life, but will have life as God lives it. That's what the Bible says. So God wants us to change the way we think. Can I suggest to you, no matter how much demonic oppression is in your house or in your home, no matter how many hexes are placed on you, no matter what background you have, you have inside of you, if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you are able 
you are able, regardless of what's against you, you are able to change the way you think. Those things may hold you back more than somebody else, but God can help you. I believe in deliverance. I believe in inner healing. But I also believe in renewing the mind. It's an essential part of our development as disciples of Jesus to renew our mind. If we've said that Jesus is our Lord and Jesus is our Savior, then what we're saying is, okay, God, the way I think has to come under your Lordship. The way I think about me has to come under your Lordship. If you truly are my Lord, if you truly are my provider and my provision and my boss, then the way I think has to be the way you think about me. I know it sounds really good sometimes to put yourself down. It may even feel good to have a pity party now and again. You know, sometimes you just feel in your emotions, well, you know, I could really wallow in this. I could really have a pity party now. But the problem with pity parties is this, that uh, the devil invites himself to those pity parties and makes it a thousand times worse than when you first started. But God doesn't want us to be in a place where we live in a pity party, where we live in a sense of bleakness, a sense of melancholy. He wants us to live in a place of joy. And the only way we can live in a place of joy is start to believe different things. The only way we can live in a place of joy is start believing different things. Instead of believing negative things about ourselves, we start to believe what God says about us. Instead of believing negative things about other people, we start to believe what God says about other people. Instead of believing religious lies about what God is like, we start to realize that the full expression of the Father is in Jesus, and Jesus is the full expression of God. And what you saw Jesus doing is what God does. What did Jesus do? He went about healing everybody who was oppressed of the devil. He went about proclaiming good news. He went about doing amazing things, and that's the God we serve. He went about loving people into life and into health. Keep your place in Romans 12 and go with me. To Romans 15. I want to just pull out a verse from Romans 15. So keep your place in Romans 12 and just flick over to Romans 15, verse 13. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Paul is saying here, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. How do you get filled with joy and peace? According to that scripture? Believing. Believing what? Believing in the God of hope. Instead of believing that it's not going to work out well for you again, instead of believing that it's all going to come to a mess again, instead of believing what the devil says about the situation, instead of believing the evil report about the situation, you'll find a joy and a peace simply in starting to believe that what God said he will do, he will do. I talked this morning about time, God being outside of time, and a day to God is like a thousand years, a thousand years a day. Just because... We think sometimes that God is slow in his promises. It doesn't mean he's forgotten his promise. It doesn't mean that promise is not going to come to pass. It doesn't mean that that promise is not going to happen. Amen? 
It simply means that, that God is long-suffering. There's a part of his plan that's come into being. And I believe that in this day, as I said this morning, that so many of the promises of God are going to come into effect. I love preaching to nice background music. It's really good, isn't it? Any chance we could, uh, we could cut the music? That would be great. Thank you. It helps sometimes and other times it doesn't. So it says, My, may the God of hope, this is Romans 15 verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. He doesn't say, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace when you get what you've prayed for. He doesn't say, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace when everything in your life is going well. It doesn't say that, does it? It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. God wants us to get to a place where we enjoy believing him. So often we hear people say, well, it's come to this. I've just got to now have faith in God. I've just got to just get by and have faith in God. Or I've got to live by faith. And it always seems such a struggle. But actually the Father wants us to get to a place where there's great joy and peace in simply believing. Even though we don't see it, we can still see it in our hearts by hope and believe it by the confession of our mouths. God wants us to get to that place. And I I believe that place is closer than you think. It's actually just a decision away. And it's a daily decision, sometimes a moment decision. And you know what? Sometimes we make the wrong decision. And we don't have joy and peace in believing. And we get disillusioned and we get upset and we get down about stuff. But thank you, Father, that you said I can come to you and I can confess that and you can forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness and just get on board again believing. Yes, amen. It's so simple, isn't it? Yes. And yet when we mess up not believing, we believe that it's not going to work, God's not going to be on track. Can I say to you that God wants to bless you more than you can receive? Amen. <clears throat> but he wants you to get to a place where you enjoy believing him. Why you enjoy living a life of faith. The Bible says the just, the righteous, shall live by faith. You and I are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is a done deal. That's who we are. So God wants us to enjoy this righteous life of living by faith. Not by what we see, not by what we can hear, not by what we can smell, taste or touch. But we live by faith. We live by what God has said and what God is doing. And what God is seeing, we live by that. Amen? Amen. It's interesting, just flip back to Romans 12 for a minute. It says, don't be conformed to this world, this is verse 2, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God wants us to be transformed from the inside out by the renewing of our mind, by the renewing of the, the way we think in our heart. He wants us to be transformed. The word transformed there is transfigure. The, the other, one of the other places it's used is when Jesus is transfigured before his disciples and glory came out of him. God wants glory to flow from you and me. Do you believe that? He wants supernatural, we talked about this morning, supernatural power to flow from you and me like never before. He wants glory in the streets through his people. He wants glory in the jobs through in the job center through his people. He wants glory in the schools through his people. He wants glory in the hospital through his people. And it's not going to come just by one day God sending some angels 
river dancing down the street, God sending this, that and the other. It's about us deciding that we'll renew our mind and stop thinking in our heart stuff that doesn't do us good or anybody else good and start thinking according to the word of God. Because as we start doing that and speaking it forth, the Holy Spirit has something to work with. It says also in this verse, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. You know, when you, when you study that phrase in the Greek, it's not just talking about the secular world, don't be conformed to the secular world. It's also talking about not being conformed to the religious world. Don't, don't be conformed to just a religious view of the world. Because sometimes a religious view of the world is not necessarily God the Father's view of the world. Right. A religious view of the world may be that we have to protest against certain things. A religious view of the world may be that certain people, we don't show them love, but we show them hate. A religious view of the world may be that in order to get to paradise, I need to blow myself up. But these religious views, the Bible says we don't conform to. Why? Because we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And as I said earlier in the New Living Translation, it says, let God transform you by changing the way you think. The Bible says in 1 John 4.16, God is love. So let love transform you by changing the way you think. Not hate, not anger, not depression, not heartache, not abuse. Nothing that's happened to you that's been bad has ever come from the heart of God, nor was it orchestrated by God. But God can break into your life and turn it for the good. Amen? Amen? Do you believe that? It's time, I believe, to start believing that stuff. Instead of believing that God is out to get you, He's not out to get you, He's out to bless you. Amen? And it says also that you may, this renewal of the mind experience that will go on and on, it's part of our sanctification, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It doesn't say that you will know it or you will understand it. It says that you will prove it. We're supposed to prove the will of God that God is good. The church is supposed to be renewed and transfigured by God, by love transforming us, by the word transforming us, by the spirit transforming us. We're supposed to be transformed so everybody out, out there can say, wow, that's the will of God. Yes. The way those people are thinking, that's the will of God. The way those people speak to one another, that's the will of God. They're not cursing one another, putting each other down all the time. They just love on each other. They just lift each other up. They just encourage one another. Wow, that's the, we can see that's a different way to live. And we can say that's the will of God for you. To live a life above mediocrity in this generation. Can everybody say amen to that? Amen. Can we take a bit more? Is it alright? Yeah. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 1. <clears throat> there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The word condemnation means this, to render something unfit for purpose. So you look at a building and it says condemned on it. That building cannot be used anymore. It's unfit for the purpose it was built for. So Jesus, in the Word is saying, because of what Jesus has done for you and me, that, you, that you, you've got no condemnation on you. 
No matter what you have done, no matter the mistakes you have made, no matter the, the regrets you have, from God's point, there is no condemnation on you. You are fit for the purpose you were created. That's what yeah, it's yeah. saying. It's interesting when you look at that verse that the translators added the second half of the verse, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, some people believe they added that because they, they were just so amazed at this statement. Actually, there's just no condemnation in Christ. They thought, wow, we, we need to add something to this. We've got to get some works in there. So it's those who walk according to the, 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 the spirit instead of the flesh. Some translators feel that it's there to give an idea of the kind of mindset we need to walk in. Well, whatever the reason it's there, it's there for a reason, isn't it? And let's just read the scripture again. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but according to the spirit. The word flesh there in, in the Greek means this. It literally means your five physical senses that are influenced by sin. Okay? So how you see things through these eyes has an influence of of, of, of evil and wickedness. How you hear things is tainted with that. How you smell, taste and touch all has that influence because we live in a fallen world. But because we're now in Christ Jesus, we have the opportunity to walk by the Spirit. That means to hear with our spiritual ears and to see with our spiritual eyes, but also our five physical senses can be trained to discern what is worthy and what is unworthy. That's powerful, isn't it? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the lie of religion that Paul talks about moving away from in Romans 12 by not being conformed to it is that you have to do something to get God's approval. That's the lie. The truth is you have God's approval in Christ Jesus. And the work that we do now in the five physical senses, the work that we do now is not to gain his approval, but we can work in the five physical senses from a place of approval. That you can expect in this five physical sense world, you can expect God to work on your behalf. Isn't that amazing? That all heaven wants to back you in you fulfilling the purpose of God. Well, you don't know the life I'm living right now. Can I suggest, decide tonight to start renewing your mind. Just no matter how bad it is right now, just decide. Because I tell you what, what's the alternative? We either renew our mind and let God transform us by change the way we think. What's the alternative? Stay as we are. To be honest, that is not an attractive alternative, is it? But God wants us to renew our mind to his wonderful will and prove that will. Go with me in the same chapter, chapter 8, to verse 31. I'd love to read the whole chapter, but we haven't got time. Verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, if you were just to take that one verse, if God be for me, who can be against me, and start to meditate on that verse, meditation means this, marination, thinking about it, speaking it out, dwelling on it, let it letting the word become you. That's what meditation is. It's like, you know, like rumination, like the cow chewing over the, the, the grass, 
for a long, long time. Mm, I'm just going to chew this over. I'm not calling anybody a cow. I'm just giving an example, okay? So it's time to meditate on the Word. So if you took that one verse, say you're facing a, a situation where somebody's against you or a family member has treated you badly or there's an accusation at work against you, whatever it would be. You say, if God be for me, not because of my good record, but because there's no condemnation in Christ and I'm his child and he, he like any good father, will, will help me clean up the mess I've made. If God is for me, who will be against me? Wow, just imagine if you just meditated on that. That is actually starting to transform the way you think in your heart about you. Let's read on. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God never gives me anything. God gave you his son. Come on, we've got to renew our mind. Just take these, this verse. Wow, Jesus died for me. So I could be free and I could be with him forever. I don't have to suffer the torments of hell. I don't have to suffer the wages of my own mistakes and sins. Jesus paid the price for me and I'm going to be with him forever. And I can live a life of relationship with him now. That is amazing. Now, if God has done that for me, and God has done that for you, how much more, this scripture is saying, will he not withhold those good things for those who love him? Just meditate on that for a bit. That'll, that'll give you a bit of peace and joy and believing, won't it? Yes. Amen. See, we overcomplicate it. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling down? Is it a demon? You know, if it, even if it is a demon... Let me say this. Jesus says, if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciple indeed. You shall know what truth is, and that truth will set you free. The word truth is reality. Whatever unreality that demon has put on your life, maybe you've been in a long-term problem with emotions or a long-term problem psychologically or a long-term oppression because of a background in witchcraft, whatever it would be, let me say this, whatever reality that demonic presence has put on you, there is a greater, more powerful reality and it's called the word of truth, the word of life and as you continue in it, it's going to set you free. It's going to set you free. So I'm getting excited, but I believe this stuff. I've seen this stuff. Who will, verse 33, who will bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Who shall separate, verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, shall all these things separate us? Why? It says in verse 37, yet in all these things, we're more than conquerors. Amen. Through him who loved us. One translation says, in all these things, we gain the decisive victory through him who loves us. Amen. Have you noticed it's through him who loves us? Yeah, yeah. If you don't know his love for you, you won't get the decisive victory. That's right. If you don't know he loves you, if you don't meditate on his love for you, forget trying to get his approval. You've got it. Forget trying to win his love. He's overwhelmed by you. He loves you. 
And as we start to meditate and renew our mind of how much our Father loves us, how much God the Father loves us, how much Jesus the Son loves us, how much the Holy Spirit loves us, how much all heaven is, be- is behind us, what's going to happen is this, that we are going to be transformed. You may have been told, you may have had parents that have put you down all your life, but I want to introduce you to a parent who is the creator of heaven and earth who will never put you down who will always lift you up and stop listening to those voices and listen to his voice and let yourself be changed. Can you handle a little bit more? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, what does flesh mean again? Can you remember? Five physical senses. For though we walk in the five physical senses, we do not war according to the five physical senses. Let me just pick that up a minute. Somebody's against you, don't hit them. Somebody's causing you a problem, don't come at them with anger and reaction. We've all done it, haven't we, at times? But there's a different way to warfare. There's a way to warfare that's not in the five physical senses, but it's in the spirit. There's a way to stop things that are demonic presence and attack in people's lives by prayer rather than trying to confront it in the flesh. But it says this, for, for though we walk in the physical senses, the five physical senses, we do not war according to the five physical senses. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. What are these strongholds? Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is practically what renewal of the mind is it's saying first of all that because you're the righteousness of God you have the ability to think thoughts after God the Bible says in another place that we the church has the mind of Christ so you have the ability no matter what what anybody else has said to you or even what you think about yourself you have the ability to think God's thoughts you have the ability to think the word Do you believe that? You have that ability to do it. It's not about intellect, it's about heart. I don't care if you, 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 the teacher said you're a failure at school. That isn't important to God. You are not a failure failure in God's eyes. You are not a failure. God wants you to be a great success in life. And it'll happen by renewing your mind according to the word of God. Casting down every argument. Every thought that comes into your mind, we've got to make it obedient to Christ. What does that mean? Well, if a thought comes in your mind of fear, a thought comes in your mind that you are no good, those thoughts are not your thoughts, nor they are Jesus' thoughts. And you've got to reject that thought and speak something different that will expel that thought 
Okay, we're going to do a little experiment. I hope this works. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes just for a moment. <clears throat> and in a moment, I'm going to ask you to start counting in your head to ten. Okay, in a moment, I'll say start, okay? And then at some point, I'm going to ask you to shout the name of Jesus out loud, okay? Do you understand what I'm asking you to do? Start. Shout Jesus. Jesus. Right. Oh, that's lovely, guys. Nice. <laughs> so what happened as you shouted the name of Jesus? What happened? You stopped counting. So by speaking out something, you stopped the thought process that was going on in your brain. That's the way you warfare. Warfare is not, you know, jumping up and down and, you know, shouting at the devil. This is warfare. That you stop thinking the way you've been thinking by speaking the word out of your mouth in that way. Amen. One more scripture. And you're making, you're making yourself, and I'm making myself, obedient to Christ. That you're not going to, whatever, whatever you're dwelling on, whatever maybe negativity that you're dwelling on, as soon as you start to speak the word of God, it cancels that in your thinking and you start to focus and think on the things of God. Go into Romans chapter 10 and we'll close here. There's so much more I could say. This is just a, an introduction to this topic, but we're going to look at it more. <clears throat> yeah, I'll say that. Your mind does not belong to the devil. Your, your mind does not belong to your past. Your mind does not belong to the people that treated you badly. Your mind belongs to the one who loves you. And it's time to renew our mind and change the way we think according to the person who is our Lord. If I was to ask each one in this room and, and, and the question, are you a Christian? Or are you made Jesus the Lord of your life? You would say yes. But now it's time to let that be proved in us by changing the way we think. By allowing the Father to come in and help us change the way we think. Are you with me on that? Yeah. Romans. Yeah, I'll say that as well. <clears throat> I believe in the ministry of deliverance, powerful ministry of deliverance. I believe in that. I believe in inner healing. I believe in all that stuff. I believe the tools in the bag in order to help people in the church and in the world get free. Believe it. But I also believe that God has given us a responsibility to renew our mind. You can go to 15,000 deliverance ministries, get every single demon cast out of you. But then if you don't replace what was there with the word of God, can I say to you, you may get some problem. Because your whole body and soul will still act according to that previous oppression. But you've got to change. You've got to decide to change. You've got to decide to renew your mind. And it starts with little things. People get annoyed with me sometimes when they're speaking to me. And, and, and I'm looking at them and they can see as I'm looking at them that, that, that they feel convicted. I shouldn't have said what I just said. I shouldn't have said that about myself. And then they'll qualify, oh, uh, well, you know, I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it. But, but that's okay, because at least the Holy Spirit's convicting us. And, and I, I believe that God wants to help us say the right things about ourselves. 
help us know his love for us because until we know his love for us, we're really going to be deficient in loving other people. But I I believe this, what I'm saying to you, is as much part of deliverance and freedom as somebody laying hands on you. Both are necessary. But this, I believe, is the walk and the life we're to live. Amen? Amen. So where was I going to go? Romans 10. I'm going to close in a minute. Verse 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be what? For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto what? I know we use this for people who just come to know the Lord Jesus, but this is to be used hourly, daily, sometimes every minute, that with the heart we believe and with the mouth we confess. What we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth, and that is proved in our life. God wants us to believe in Jesus, in his word in our heart, and his resurrection power in our heart to such a degree that we start to confess it out of our mouth. Unto what? Salvation. The word salvation there is wholeness in spirit, soul, and body. It doesn't matter how long you've had the condition you've had. Start doing this. In relationship with Jesus, start believing in your heart what he says about you. Start confessing his word out of your mouth, and it will become who you are. I really believe it. And I tell you, in times of my life when I've moved away from this, things have not gone well. But when I've decided to put my heart and my mind on the Word of God, I said this morning that at the moment I'm creating atmospheres wherever I go, in the car, just putting the Word on or putting music on that's full of the Word. In the home, just want the, the worship of God to be in the home. Why? Because I don't, there's too much stuff out there that I deal with every day and you deal with every day that can clutter your heart. Yes. You need to discipline and create environments for, for the Father to renew your mind and renew your heart. You know, I, I, I'm amazed at even mature Christians sometimes how much time they spend doing things that don't help them grow in the things of God. God wants us to live a lifestyle of faith. He wants us to have joy and peace in believing. He wants us to enjoy believing Him. Not just enjoy the manifestation of it. Not just enjoy when the promise comes to be and we can see it. But enjoy the process and relationship of believing. Now, can I just say, I'm just going to pray. Father, I don't want anybody to feel condemned by what I've said tonight. For Father, I thank you there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But Holy Spirit, I pray great conviction would come upon us. Just close your eyes in his presence. That great conviction would come upon each one of us. That we would, as we've sang tonight, I have decided to follow Jesus. Father, I pray that that would be a real decision tonight. Not messing about, wallowing in stuff that's no good for us. We'll make a decision to allow love, allow you, Father, to transform the way we think and transform our lives. In Jesus' name.
Amen. What I want you to do tonight is this. It's not that I'm withholding ministry and prayer tonight, but I want you to go away with this word in your heart. And don't forget about it, but go to Romans 12, go to Romans 8, Look at those scriptures, the Romans 15 scripture. They're all in the book of Romans. Most of the scriptures are used. Oh, just read the old book of Romans. Listen to it, whatever. But just let it go deep in your heart, okay? Because it'll do you good. Praise God. Bless you. Amen.